This is episode 22 with Justine Peacock, energy healing, channeling, and a soul journey. Welcome to the Wellness Project podcast with Claire Obeyed. I'm a life and wellness coach, yoga teacher, EFT practitioner, and meditation guide. And most importantly, I'm a mama. And I'm here to support you to free your mind, fuel your body, and feed your soul as we journey into the project of your own wellness. From meditation, yoga, spirituality, and health to well-being, mindset, conscious living, and conscious parenting, I dive into it all, featuring moments of contemplation mixed with inspired action and handy takeaways. You will feel inspired and motivated, ready to cultivate new habits, rituals, and tools for your wellness journey. With mini meditation sessions to support you in cultivating inner stillness, connection, and clarity, and special co-hosted episodes and interviews to answer your questions. The Wellness Project podcast has you covered. Guys, welcome to today's episode with Justine Peacock. Oh, I'm so excited for this. Justine is one of my personal energy healers. It's somebody I've worked with closely, somebody that has given me a lot of clarity and support and love and divine healing and wisdom. And I cannot wait to dive into this conversation. We're talking about all things energy and energy healing. We're talking about channeling, about the soul journey, about communicating with babies in utero, about healing on all different levels, dimensions, planes. It's just awesome, this conversation. And if you're not aware of Justine Peacock, she's a qualified lawyer, body-mind somatic psychotherapist, intuitive healer, and coach. She also has a certificate for in relationship education, a voice dialogue therapist, a theta healer practitioner, a teacher, regeneration healing, Reiki and matrix energetics. Oh my God. And I love that Justine says that as a healer and a teacher, she supports women to transmute their blocks and darkness and to embrace and express their strength, purpose and power. And having worked with her one-on-one, I can attest that that is absolutely the truth. That is actually, actually how it feels to work with Justine. She helps us to connect universal energy, to use it to create meaning in our world and to transform our life and heal ourselves and find our true purpose. So let's dive straight in, guys. Hi, Justine, and welcome to the Wellness Project podcast with me. I'm so excited to chat with you this morning. Hi, Claire. Yeah, fantastic. It's great to really great to be here. Brilliant. So we're going to be talking about some really juicy stuff today. And as I just said offline before we hit record, energy healing and channeling and universal source, love, wisdom, all of that quote unquote woo woo stuff is something that I personally find just so fascinating and intriguing and love personally receiving sessions from you and obviously other people that I see as well but I'm also just Mm. so fascinated as to what it actually is and how it works so I am so excited to be talking to you about this because I know you'll be able to help me (laughs) help me understand even more and do so in a way uh, in your beautiful way which is not too crazy woo-woo which is just why I love you so much (laughs) So let's start with a really basic question. What exactly is energy healing? What are you working with and how does that healing actually happen? Oh, these are big questions. (laughs) I start with the big ones. (laughs) We're starting big. Um, 
I'm looking, I'm thinking about that. It's really interesting because I think that when you start, when you look at energy healing and there is, as we know, there is science behind the energy field. You know, people, they, we've measured the seven plot, whatever layers of the auric field. And the, we know about measuring vibrations and um, we understand that the universe is vibrational in nature. Um, but in terms of, of actually, there is an element of mystery and an element of the unknown in in my belief in energy healing and in the in the intuitive world and I'm okay with that mm. and I and I think that when we try to be, this force is so much more intelligent than we are and when we're trying to pin it down and stick in our rational and logical mode um we we miss something in that process, which is, as I said, not to say that the science isn't there. It's not publicised as heavily as a whole lot of other science, but it exists. Um, so let's see. I work with what I call universal energy, and that term is really um, a catch-all term mm. to, to cover uh, that force, that which is greater than us, all that is that which is outside of ourselves. That's how I look at that. And then things like um, white light, to me, white light is the um, unconditional love energy. It's a, it, When I see it, it's a, a iridescent blue-white, um, almost glittery, not glittery, but yeah, iridescent um, light, but it's one channel. It's one frequency of light. It happens to be incredibly powerful. Um, but it's not the only way that I work with energy. Mm -hmm. So if we talk about energy healing, it's using universal energy and other frequencies or energies, which can be liquid crystals, vibra any vibra sound vibrations, um, and just this universal force or um, unknown to um, heal align upgrade shift and change things mm, okay so so many things for me to comment on that because you just really instantly tap straight into the part of me that always goes straight to intellectualizing things so I really appreciate that you first said you know there's an element of mystery and mm. unknown and immediately the thought that comes to mind is okay we've got to learn to trust this more because even though there is the science the mm. mystery part of it asks us to kind of surrender into it don't doesn't it and that actually yeah. is part of the healing isn't it the trust part well uh, yeah okay so we've talked about this before um the so w the way i look at it is that this the universe however you want to describe that if you, and i call as i said i call it universal energy because some people call it god some people find that don't resonate with that word and if i were to use god in a healing with someone and they didn't it wasn't you know, some people have religious wounding or skepticism or whatever. If I use that word, it will limit their healing for them because it's not a term they resonate with. Yeah, okay. So universal energy I use, but if someone comes to me and says I prefer God, we'll use that or source or light or whatever. Okay, so that force is so much more intelligent than your, you or I, mm. and it is working behind the scenes in our favor at all times. And so when we're doing energy healing, we need to hand over to that, that that knows where to go, how to go, what to do in a way that we don't, which is why sometimes people might come to me for a session on X and we're all the way over here in Y. Yeah, right. Yes. When it comes to the concept of trust, hmm, that's really interesting. I 
the, trust is is critical. That ability to let go of control and hand over. So from a um, a psychotherapy point of view, I will work with someone around trust to dismantle and support, heal trauma, heal the things that have made someone less trusting. Mm. From an energetic healing point of view, I take the um, energy, uh, the um, uh, awareness off the idea of trust, and I look at two things. I look at um, intentionality or intention and allowing. So, to my mind, whether someone trusts or not, it's it is just I just put that to the side. The two things that will create healing and change, which is what people want. People want wholeness. People are already enough as they are, but everybody has things that they would like to improve, change, have, let go of, etc. Yes. So we're looking at that aspect of their life and I'm looking at what is the degree to which you can intend to have good things for yourself consciously and unconsciously. So negative intention needs to be cleared. But ultimately if someone is genuinely open to healing, then the healer, be it me or someone else, the intuitive can read them like a book because they're willing. Right. Okay. Because it's the willingness and then the allowing is the allow, allowing change. So if somebody comes to you and they say to you, I am willing and I think mm -hmm. I'm going to allow this, but on mm -hmm. some level they don't fully believe in, say, energy healing because mm -hmm. there is that mystery and unknown element to it. Mm -hmm. Does that limit the healing? Does that block it in any way or not really? Good question. Again, I think it's their willing willingness to if they can surrender the process if the part of them um can follow me down the rabbit hole mm. and say this is really beyond anything that i've done before or this challenges the part of me that really likes things to be uh, logical and scientific but i'm willing to suspend that while we do this and i'm willing to allow the change to happen that's all it is i'm willing to believe there is some some other energetic force in the universe that can help clear, heal and change this, mm. That's from my perspective, that's what that's what you need. Yeah, and I think that's kind of spot on. I've been there many times with mm. your sessions and, and other healers that I've seen. Mm. There's this little kind of inner critic or this voice or this maybe, I don't know, part of me that's been scarred from previous lifetimes or whatever it is that occasionally mm. kind of, you know, chirps up and says, you've got no idea what's going on here, Claire, and... Mm. Uh, do you really think that this is going to work? But this other part of me, which feels a little bit stronger, the willing yeah. part sort of says, yeah. actually, just shush, just yeah. surrender. <laughs> you don't need to know. You just need yeah. to open to this. So I, I really appreciate yes. that perspective because it's always been something that I've been curious about. Am I blocking this by even having that thought in the first place, which is yeah. not a thought that I've chosen to have. It just comes up yeah. occasionally. Yeah. Yeah, it's what you. It's probably what you give airtime to as well. Mm. It's a, it's double. Um, you know, it is what you give airtime to. But if I listen to what you just said, there's two things. One to me sounds like the voice of two things: the learned personality in this lifetime and the ego. Mm. The ego says, "I don't want you to change." So the ego will come up and say, "You don't really need another session. You don't really need to get help with this. You don't have enough money today." What like all, the ego will block in whatever way because the ego wants you to stay stuck in your. Pain 
because then it's in control mm. and it knows the power of cha- of healing and change and growth. But the soul level says, oh, I recognize this. Oh, I understand that we are so much bigger than this life in this moment. And so that's the part that it drives you to, you know, the, um, the other part, the balances it that says, yes. go on, Claire, do it. Go on, you can, it's okay, trust it, hand over to it. And that's the part that you can sometimes feel in the middle of an energy healing session where, you know, you might say one line that maybe doesn't really seem like it has that much weight and then all of a sudden you're having a full body sensation or you're crying mm. spontaneously and it's not something that you've chosen to do or that you've consciously said, oh, that really made me feel emotional, I'm upset now. It's mm. just this reaction, isn't it? And it's almost like the, that part of you, the soul that you've just described has gone yeah, we're connecting to something here. We're connecting to a truth here. We're releasing something yeah. here. Your ego yeah. actually has no idea and wants you to stay hidden and blocked from this, but yeah. this release is happening. Yeah. So I want to yeah. go into that kind of element of the sessions and, and the work that you do as an energy healer because you spoke before about the different frequencies that one can align with to heal mm-hmm. and I know you mentioned white light is obviously very powerful energy and, and it's unconditional love energy to you and but that mm. is just one frequency mm-hmm. and that really makes a lot of sense to me because I've previously with work that I've done with Belinda Davidson connected to an, an energy an essence I guess within the mm-hmm. chakra eight journey of mm-hmm. a very golden light and it wasn't white light and the energy mm-hmm. was completely mm-hmm. different to white light and I was quite mm-hmm. confused because I kept thinking well, wait a minute, uh, where's the white light? But actually, no, what keeps coming to me is this frequency. Mm. So can you, can you? I know it's probably a really big question, but can you give us some understanding of the different kind of energies and frequencies that you could access and work with during an energy healing session? That is a big question. <laughs> I like big um, questions. <laughs> uh, well, that's really interesting um, because um, and, and acknowledging yeah, Belinda's work is, is very beautiful and very powerful. We both we both know know her work, mm. um, so just acknowledging her there. Um, I, I through some work that I do, I will, will I work. Ugh, I'm stuck because I don't always have a word or a label for it. Yes, I didn't think so. so. Yeah, so sometimes I have worked with, although I'm not a master of working with them, liquid crystals um, and work vibrationally with those, you know, liquid diamond, liquid gold, liquid um, lapis lazuli, those kinds of energies to bring those those in for, and it's just a guided thing. Mm. Um, Sometimes I, I will just... Well, it's lots of things I work with, but I might be just an energy will come in. I will just support and channel that to someone, and I don't. As I said, I don't always have a label to it, and it doesn't always have a color to me. It just has a frequency. But even if I align someone with the frequency of compassion, the frequency of um, um, hope for hope. You know, bright like, but and the and when I'm working energetically, it's what do you remove? So removing energetic frequencies from someone's field as well. Mm. And then if we talk about vibration, I'll go. We we go into clearing energetic attachments. So you know, hooks or um, smut in their field and mm. think lodged trauma or lodged energy in the field that could have been there for lifetimes. Um, 
So there's lots of elements to it in terms of the frequencies. And I'm sure there are some people that probably work more strongly with um, channeling frequencies. Uh, I just see what I see and clear what I see. Mm. You know, yeah. I've had that experience with you. I, I, mm. I remember in the middle of a session with you when I was in the first three months of this pregnancy and feeling like, ugh, I can't even remember the words to describe it, but horrible. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I remember you saying there was a lot of grey in my energy, mm. like you could literally mm. see that. Mm. <clears throat> so I found that really fascinating. I was mm. like, wow, okay, so you, you're, you're literally seeing that grey, I don't know what it is, matter, energy, light, vibration, whatever mm. it is. Mm. So when, when you are looking at somebody... And I ask this because in my training, you know, yeah. in my yoga work and in my own personal development work and my own spiritual yeah. work, there is so many descriptions about energy fields and light fields and all that kind of stuff. But nobody really tells you, well, this is actually what I'm seeing when I look at you. There aren't exactly that many people walking around with that gift. Yeah. So when you do look at somebody's energy field, and I know you've just described there's different frequencies and different energies that are coming through, what what are you potentially seeing? Well, I'm more auditory and kinesthetic in mm-hmm. the way that I receive information. So it's very hard to explain, but if I'm working with you and I, I – um, it's all on Skype, as you know. I don't work in a room with you. Um, but that's easy because, as we've talked about, all healings remote, whether you're sitting next to someone or whether they're on the other side of the world, you, you just, you know, you're still separate to the person. It's just the distance. And, you know, energy and intuition doesn't under, it doesn't sit on the time-space continuum. So you, you can access things immediately and you can be in different places immediately, which is why we don't need to be together. So when I tap into a per- person's energy field um i i'm not seeing some people are gifted and see the rainbow but actually when people talk about psychic and psychic vision very few people are see in in have um clairvoyance or seeing as their primary sense it's more sensing or knowing or hearing or feeling um so it isn't most people don't see. So because I burst that bubble because when I teach people about psychic skills and psychic development, everybody's expecting to see it in Technicolor yes. like a cartoon, and then they don't, <laughs> and they feel like they can't do it, but they can do it. Yeah, yeah. So um, what do I see? Sometimes it's just a sense. So if I tune into your field, I get I will see you, I'll see the field around you, and I'll get an. It's like a, a combination of a seeing and a sensing that hey, that's blocked or that's flowing, or I can see blobs, I can see smart, I can see that that beautiful, bright, clear, sharp feeling that people have when their energy is flowing and grounded and, you know, flowing the way it needs to be, it isn't there. And then that's your in, like, well, well what is that about? So with you, with that session, because you were, you were building a baby and you were in the early days of that and um, you weren't feeling very well, it just you could see that tiredness and that um, – it was almost actually, from my sense, like a, to- a slight toxic build-up yeah. because you're so focused on building the baby that other things were kind of getting a little bit put to the side in that in that along at that point in time. Mm. That's so what it was just spot on. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting to hear that not a lot of people are clairvoyant, and that for those of us listening right now, that I guess maybe feel called to work with energy in some way I think it's uh, really supportive to know that that that's not an element that you need to worry about if it's not there for you because 
personally, the way that my intuition drops in is not from a clairvoyant perspective. And I often, mm. I often question it because mine mm. is, is very thought-based. You mm. know, the other day I had a very clear thought randomly about a friend of mine and what she was doing as a yoga teacher just mm. popped into my head. And then the next day she posted exactly, exactly word for word what had come into my head. Oh, wow. And I just sort of went, that actually happens all the time to you, Claire, but you don't, you, uh, you know, there's, I don't put any relevance or meaning on it because it doesn't drop in in this technicolor dream code kind of way like you <laughs> described. So, so when you are talking to somebody, I, I guess in some of your teaching work, who is maybe building some of those skills or maybe starting to have an experience where they are tapping in intuitively or into energy, mm. how do you encourage them to trust what they may be hearing and sensing and differentiate all of that stuff from just their everyday life because sometimes the thoughts just drop into me and it's amongst the other junk mm, of, you mm, know mm. cook this pick up that go there mm, absolutely um so I teach I teach theta healing. We'll talk might talk about that later, but mm. that is a fantastic. It's not the only method that I use, but it is a fantastic grounding for someone who wishes to really um, own and develop their psychic skills, and then be able to work with belief systems and energy. And it's really I, the reason I still teach it and still use it heavily in my work is because it has so many of the foundational bases covered. But what I say to people, so that's where I'm te usually teaching intuition in that capacity. Um, and on the very, very early on in there, we work, go through the different channels for intuition and have people recognize what their channel is. And the absolute key is to understand, Hey, I have knowing, Oh, I have clear audience. Oh, I have clear sentience. Like, what is it that you, you know, I'm an empath, so I feel other people's feelings. So once you know what that is, love and embrace your channel and don't wish it was different. And then the more that you are go, oh, okay, I, I, that's how I sense information, then you focus on that, that will expand, and then the other senses will all come along on the ride mm. once your primary senses expand. So you can work it like a muscle. You can develop yeah. it. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. There's a fantastic book that one of my friends has written, and it's by a lady called Melanie Barnum, and I can send you the details of her. And I found it at my local library, but she and I are connected online. Um, and I'm just trying to think of the name. It's like Psychic Skills or Psychic Something. And it goes through – it's a wonderful book because it goes through each of the psychic channels, explains what it is, and gives you exercises for expanding it. Wow. Um, yeah. It's, and so intuition is the muscle. We all – we were so psychic mm. hundreds of years ago. We know it. We just were so in tune with nature and so in tune with each other and the, and the greater universe. We knew. You know, we just knew. And it wasn't freaky or – something to be shy about. I mean, thank goodness it's having a revival. I think these skills are coming out and they're more mainstream and people are embracing them again because we need them. Totally. Um, uh, yeah, yeah well, I, think, I think if we are able to access that intuition, not that it would be an entirely different world, but I think things would flow with a little bit more ease and grace or just a little bit more love leading the way oh absolutely more you'd be more in tune and it's all you know relationships are about connection and if you're intuitive if you're open to your intuition you're more able to be in tune with someone um but on that point intuition doesn't come when we're stressed and 
tired and hurry, you know, empty, yes. <laughs> you know, hurry. You mean all, all the time, the normal days? <laughs> yeah, like when we're being, and we live in a world, that's why it's so difficult and has to have a, there's a discipline around um, self-care and a discipline around a spiritual life and a discipline around intu- mm. reclaiming intuition because when we walk out of our front doors, we are bombarded by the masculine, by pressure, by a world that asks you to disconnect, just to, you know, drop out and, and be, you know, drop in and into the, you know, information overload. And we need to like, get rid of all of that. Not all of it, but you know what I mean? In order to have a quiet space and for intuition to come back and reclaim, there needs to be some space for it to come. Yes. And I love that you have really highlighted that because, I mean, in my coaching, the amount of times that I hear from clients saying, oh, I just don't have time to create a dedicated spiritual practice. And it's like, well, Mm -hmm. the answers that you need for the quote-unquote problems that you have in your life are actually already Mm -hmm. within you, but you can't hear them. Mm -hmm. And if you're not sitting and having space or creating some sort of container Mm -hmm. where it can come Mm -hmm. through, Mm -hmm. then you're just going through the motions and running Mm -hmm. through the chaos of every day Mm -hmm. and not actually knowing what's coming to you at all. A hundred percent. Like, honey, you don't have time not to have a spiritual practice. totally. And it's funny, (laughs) I feel that every time I've been pregnant, I'm forced to be so grounded and slow (laughs) in my life that that's when my intuition explodes and it's actually really overwhelming because it's like, oh, shit. (laughs) I can't, okay, this is is really intense. This is really intense because I've created so much space and I've Uh been forced to slow down so much and now my Uh intuition's going, oh, my God, yes, let me tell you this and let me do that and let me direct Mm. you here. So it's it's crazy when you see the contrast of how we normally live to when you're forced to slow down and then you see what comes through well it's wonderful and I I really commend you you know you know for uh, honoring the growing of of a, a soul physical vessel for a soul by taking the time that it needs because and some people it's not possible to take you know in this a lot everyone could take some you know it's just not always possible, um, but also some people who and and I aren't aware or, or or are too busy to understand the magnitude of it, or maybe intellectually do. But I, you know, I worked in corporate um, for a very long time, and and I don't mean this with judgment, but you know, I think that it's a, the best start that you can give a baby is as best you can, your best effort is enough. It's not more than that. As best you can, a grounded, calm, growing environment, mm. which if someone's working 14-hour days and da 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 da, da is difficult, not impossible, but difficult mm. or, more, or it's more of a challenge to do. And I think I also want to tell you that when you're, which I think you already know, but it's a bit of a cheat when you're pregnant in terms of accessing intuition because <laughs> you have two what? energy fields in you at the moment. I know, I know. And you're one of them is completely connected to, or to the um, astral plane or the you know the, um, I call it the um, yeah to to the to the soul home wherever it comes from. Uh, so you have a channel through your baby straight there. <laughs> so not only like do you have a double field, which is why pregnant pregnant women glow because they have the two energy fields. You and you ha- you also have this little being that's inside you that's in and out. Their soul is in and out. More in the more you progress in your pregnancy, the more he or she will be in. Um, but that is a direct pipeline and will continue well after it birth your baby obviously you don't have the baby in you but that child 
connection to until it's about seven i understand with them people may have different views on that but you know its connection is very strong to yes. the other side for quite some time you're right i am i am i've got a little bit of a cheat going on here <laughs> i'm not complaining no. <laughs> let's talk a little bit more about that because you and i have actually had an experience in one of our sessions where uh, this baby in utero at the moment has actually communicated directly with us and we've had a little bit of a chat and a conversation which was just awesome and something I definitely want to do again before um, this bub lands earthside. Yeah, we will. We will. But let's talk about how, how that happens and I guess what I really want to dig into, what was mind-blowing about that experience was this child's wisdom, like, whoa. And what didn't you know, we weren't talking to a baby we were mm. talking to a soul, weren't we? Mm. Mm. And do you, do you know what you're having? Do you know? You don't have to tell me, but do you know? I do now. Yes, uh, I do okay. now. Um, right. So how how does that happen? How does that unfold? This communication with a baby in utero, and how does it also happen out, yeah. once the baby is born? Because I sometimes frequently communicate with Soleil when she's not even yeah. in my space, and she does the same back. So how? What's this exchange? What's what's going on? Um, sorry, your baby's here. <laughs> it's just popped up. Um, I, not to talk, but it's just watching. It's of here. course. Um, of course. So listen, let's look at it like um, depending on one's beliefs and, you know, based on one's experience. But in my belief that we have multiple lives and, we, you know, we work with past lives and, and so babies don't just pop out of the cabbage patch. They are somewhere before Mm. conception and they're somewhere whilst they're being um whilst they're in utero their soul is somewhere so it uh, it's about accessing that intuitively and connecting with that soul just as we can connect with just people who are deceased if all of the timeline all time is happening now that's past present and future so we can act we can easily access these babies um mm. And particularly with the wisdom piece, well, first off, if you're the truth, as I understand it, is that your your baby will be your teacher. So if you are already doing yoga and growth work, and you are and um, and I don't say any of these terms with judgment attached to them. I really I really don't. But it's for lack of another way to put it. But if you're doing that work and are a more advanced at a more advanced soul level because you're drawn to all of those things. You remember, you've come to earth, you mm. remember, and you're working as a healer in some capacity, coach, healer, training, teacher, those sorts of things. Then the baby that comes to you will be beyond you. Mm. It'll be a master soul. So they, But even if that, if we put that aside, but it's just remembering that wisdom, remembering that these are little, these are big souls that have had multiple lives before and are fully evol evolved and formed that choose to come back, choose you as the mother, your husband, as the father the sibling siblings siblings if there are or are some or are to be more they choose their birth order so they are very sentient and some people including myself remember their past life um pre-life planning sessions i mean wow. that's part of yeah i know rebecca campbell talks about it in her book um lightest the new black she mm. talks about about it i've had um 
profound um, regressive meditations where I have been shown it was it, uh, this life, planning for this life, what it would involve, what would happen, um, which is phenomenal. Once you have that, you can't unknow that. And it no. doesn't, it's like you don't make, you're not making that one up because my parents didn't ever give me that concept, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I love it, planning for the life. It's just so awesome. Yeah, so they do. You plan the divine timing, you plan the parents, you plan your bot, your physicality, you plan your challenges, you plan elements of your personality, you plan and then you plan the path and then you have free will. So then when you come here you have free will to stay on path, deviate from path, do it the hard way, do it the easy way. Um, but the divine timings will comes the divine timings are the key choice points that you have set out and they will happen as like like for example um, meeting certain people yes will happen that's why you say to someone you know what's for you won't go past you because there's certain things that just are going to happen because it's a destiny mm. and it's a choice that you made before you came here and therefore it will happen and you can feel that when you have those encounters don't you there's just this deep knowing that we've we've had this rendezvous some another some other level or some plane we've already decided and here you are and I just know I had that experience with my husband on my first date I just looked at him and just went I'm not even in love with you yet but I just know I'm marrying you and having your babies and it was really quite I've got goosebumps yeah it was just factual it was just it was was yeah yeah that's beautiful I just wanted to add here for everybody listening that um when you commented on the planning element when I was pregnant with Soleil, when I, uh, maybe about 14 or so weeks, I actually had a, a, a situation with Belinda where she called me to ask if I was sure that I wasn't having twins because mm-hmm. what she could actually see were two souls, two mm-hmm. energy fields, basically hanging out in utero, but mm-hmm. one of them was about to maybe leave. Mm-hmm. And the only thing that we could intuitively tune into at that point was that potentially they were deciding Mm. who's first who's second now this particular baby I found out that I was pregnant through my daughter she told me repeatedly every day for a week that Mm. I had a baby in my belly Mm. and her relationship with this baby is insane already like Mm. she she cries when I drop her off at daycare because she misses baby and she cuddles my belly and kisses it and talks to it and it's just next level love and I can feel already that she's already had a very long relationship with mm. this soul. So when you, when you sit with these children, even when they're mm. out of utero, when they've been bored mm. and they're here and they're connected and plugged in, mm. that mystery and unknown element you spoke about before, you mm. can't put science to it in that moment, but you witness it and you just go, wow, there is something so incredibly powerful and otherworldly and Oh, just unbelievable yeah. at play here all the time. At play, and I think that it makes one have to question the role of the parent mm-hmm. and, you know, the parenting structure that um, you and I were brought in or up under, mm-hmm. assuming we're within a similar age-ish, um, you know, which was different from that seen and not heard for most people. Like we had a bit more um, input than that, but it certainly was parents know best. And and there was a you know I don't know. In, in, I just think to acknowledge, regardless of how your parenting was, that that when you know that these children aren't children. I mean they are children, but they have 
a, a divine purpose and a divine destiny and a reason for being here and we are an absolutely crucial part of that process but we're not what it's all about and it's our it is our job to keep them safe by all means but it's not our job to control um it's our job to protect it's our job to support you know it, it just mm. having a really deep sense of of them as individuals and as sacred souls that are choosing to come through us for their karma their incarnation um then we have to look at how we parent and our expectations of our children i think is the key and how we want them to behave and who we want them to be um bearing in mind the the contract like we we when we choose children it's a karmic debt because our children don't owe us anything normally as parents we are repaying as mothers um because we are going to give and give and give energy to these children in a heavy way for at least 18 years but for the, our whole life, if you think about that dynamic, and the yeah. children don't owe us. So we, we are on a macro scale, um, we are repaying a karmic debt by being of service to these children. That is just such a light bulb for me and it's something I've always believed in. But hearing you say in that in that way, in those words, mm. that we are paying a debt and mm. we're giving and obviously that doesn't mean we have to give till we're completely broken, depleted, but that oh, no, these no. <laughs> children don't owe us anything. That's massive. Yeah. And it's something I find um, many parents butt heads against because there's this little being that's come into your life and it's an ext- they feel like it's an extension of them and then it's mm-hmm. their mini version and they put onto them all these expectations and dreams and hopes that were unfulfilled from their end. You know, even my husband jokes already about how this little baby, if he's a boy, he can't wait to take him to football. And, mm. and I say things like, well, maybe he's got zero interest in football. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and maybe your lesson is actually just to completely embrace mm. who he is as he is, if that's mm. the case. Mm. And it makes it makes me laugh because knowing his luck, he probably will end up with a, a book-reading, spiritual little hippie <laughs> child. <laughs> Yeah, and I do see with the school kids, the parents, and it's no judgment, but just watching the ones that it's really important that their their son is on the A team and Mm. these kids from kindy, now my son's in grade three, so watching and they read, like once somebody posted about their son only reads football magazines or I don't know know what they are because I'm not a sporting person. Um, And I thought, it's that's fine, but interesting, I was like, that's learned behaviour. That's a parent onto a child. It may not be, but... To a degree, if a child's in a – and they come into the family knowing, don't they? But it is a challenge, the challenge between let me introduce you to things that I think you might be interested in, let me share with you the things that I'm interested in, and also let me make room for your own complete discovery of something that, that I may never have thought of that you that you, resonates for you, that you want to do. Exactly, because we can't exactly just leave them in a white box and not put any sensory – Yeah. <laughs> Or, you know, any experiences into their world and just wait to see what happens. That's just the world that we live in. Uh, no, no, agreed. agreed. But, but we do, um, and this is, this is kind of from an energetic perspective, what I really want to understand from you is what, what do you know to be true about a soul's experience and journey here on earth? Meaning if there's this little baby in utero and right now it's relatively unaffected, it's not absorbing learned behavior, it's still its pure soul and it's planned out its experience obviously mm-hmm. with free will about to inject mm-hmm. when you're tuning into these energies into these these souls what do you know to be true about 
their experience and their journey here on earth. And I don't mean individually. I mean as a, a mm. greater collective. Is, um, is that making yeah, sense, that question? Absolutely. I'm just feeling into it. Um, uh, what I know to be true about the, the souls, that they are absolutely thrilled to be here and be incarnated hmm. and be alive, um, that they understand the gift of that, um, that they all within them, you know, they all know their mission and why they're here. Um, at least they come in knowing it. It's not that people don't stop and that people, you know, you have to, people forget that, but mm. they do all know why they're here. I think it's that they they understand that their magnificence and their innate perfection and they understand this life in the context of all the other lives. Um, there's just something... As you talked about, there's a wisdom, there's a reverence, there's an excitement, there's a knowing. And so that's what I understand to be true. And then I also understand that the life's experiences, if not properly processed, that life, oh, sorry, here's what I also know, that when they actually get here, the planning and the theory, they have all forgotten how harsh it is here, how hard it is to be on earth, mm. the reality of living in duality, the reality of living cut off from source, because that's what happens when they come here. So they're equally excited and wanting to jump on the merry-go-round again mm -hmm. for whatever their purpose is and that when they get here there's probably a little bit of shock yes it's funny because that's exactly when I tune into my daughter that's exactly what I feel from her when she was born I felt like she went what mm -hmm. no mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. forgot I'm not happy this is not nice I don't mm -hmm. want this feeling again mm-hmm and there's a lot of a longing or a yeah. feeling like that people misinterpret it in different ways. But um, for me, when I went back to birth time, it was a lot of anger at God. Like, why am I here again? And why have you, like, it was like a boom. You've, you've cast me out. It wasn't what happened at all. I chose to come. But yeah. in that moment of being born and being feeling instantly cut off from that connection, I felt like I'd been cast out and abandoned and was furious about it. Yeah, she was angry too. She was mm. livid. People are like, she's got mm. reflux, she's got this. And I was like, no, she's just pissed off to be here mm, 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 exactly which was actually really confronting for me because yes. it was like oh, oh we we chose this together actually you chose this a long time ago you've been tapping on me for a mm. while mm, and now mm. he here you are and you're livid <laughs> yeah be hard not to not to have a reaction to that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you're pissed and I can't help you and I remember it it was about the eight week mark where I finally felt her exhale and go oh. all right i'm doing it again <laughs> <laughs> all right so why do we keep getting back on the merry-go-round why do we keep doing it because because we learn from the duality mm. it's such a great we evolve at like if if you at such an accelerated pace and Whilst I do believe in other dimensions and other, and I can talk about that in a sec, but and other planets, there's really no place. And I don't know the answer to this, but my what I've been told, what I've taught, what I what I sense is that you know Earth is quite unique, and there are other 
I mean, I said I believe there are other planets, but I'm not really down with those ones. But this, if we take Earth for what it is, it's a really unique training, um, learning ground, experiencing place to, to grow at an accelerated rate. So that's why I think we come back. And I think we they can experience, you know, pleasure and pain and relationships and connection in a, in a heightened way that is, uh, you know, different to anywhere else. Okay, I'm going to play devil's advocate. If we are this beautiful, divine, love-filled soul connected to source, why do we want accelerated learning and growth? Why is there a need for that when we already have this understanding of what pure love is? Or is it that we don't fully comprehend our own greatness and our own love until we experience the opposite of that? Oh, um, well, every soul, you know, if you look at it from the Vedic perspective, has its, you know, its karma and the things that it's working through, right? Hmm. Um, but it's an evolutionary process. So every, everybody's unique and everybody has their strengths and their weaknesses. So you come, and, and, you, and, we, and the one thing I think Abraham Hicks talks about this, but we all have that pull forward to evolve like pull to create something that pull to change into something and then we do it it's that that is what pulls us forward i mm. think that's what makes us human you know my cat's happily sleeping on my bed she didn't evolve like she's great but she's not pulled to evolve to another <laughs> level is she she just gets fed catches lizards and sleeps right sometimes i think that might be an easier way <laughs> 100%. <laughs> it's true, though, and it's something I've always said, even from a very young age as a child, that I yeah. really admire people that continuously grow and that it's something that I personally hope to always do in my life, yeah. which is yeah. to grow and evolve. It's not until I got to an older age that I realized growth comes through shadow, growth comes through pain, growth comes through struggle. Yes. So when I put my hand up for it, maybe before I entered this lifetime, I obviously put my hand up for struggle. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Sol, for sorting that one out. Well, we can look at that because there will also be some past life patterns around struggle, yeah. expecting to struggle, belief systems that can come through family belief structures through the DNA or come from past life experiences of hardship. And then so the soul comes back and thinks, oh, this is how it's supposed to be, like uh, uh, brings it in or learns it from the family. You know, in our family, you work hard for your money and yes. life is tough and for every good thing that happens, something bad will happen. And, you know, know um there's there are elements of of that and do you see that sometimes souls choose particular families and choose particular places that are almost exactly wrong for them in order to create <laughs> the the challenge therefore the growth therefore the expansion <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say something tongue-in-cheek i'm going to say if you felt like you were born into a family where you were, it was the wrong family you're probably a, a, an, evo an advanced soul that is seeking to grow yeah. because it's just so common that my clients say to me, I, you know, I just didn't belong in my family and everybody, you know, they all towed the line and I didn't want to or um, absolutely yeah. people. And this is the thing I was coming to when sometimes when people are planning, souls are planning their life, you know, you know, like when you think, oh, I can do that. Oh, that won't be a problem. Oh, that looks tough. But, you know, yeah, look what I'm going to get from that growth. That's worth it. I'll go through that. Mm. And they overestimate yes. <laughs> what they can bear and what it's actually going to be like in practice. Um, so I do see that. And then they get this. Some people have a lot of a lot of pain and struggle and hardship. And the, the 
the worst thing comes when you haven't got an opportunity to process and clear and release it because then you are putting one layer of disappointment on another layer of regret, on another layer of anger, on another layer of letdown, of sadness, of, uh, of rejection, of abandonment, you, and it's never been processed. And that's where, why you see people who hit it can be any age really, but who hit a certain point in life when they've become someone else because they've been through really tough things and haven't been equipped or supported. And as a society, we don't do it. We don't have the knowledge, um, haven't been able to actually get the learnings and release what they needed to release. So they're still carrying 30, 40 years of uh, events. You know. Plus past life stories and mm. Yeah, plus that. So plus. your guidance to people listening right now saying, okay, so how do I process this then? How do I cleanse myself of this stuff and release it? Obviously working with energy like the sessions that you facilitate, but what else could you advise people to do to not first, put more yeah. layers of crap on? Yeah, the first thing is to make a commitment to self that you that you accepting who you are as you are it's not like oh this i'm this is bad and i hate it i want to get rid of it although there is sometimes that feeling it's like accepting that i've been through things and i'm still carrying them or i've been some, through some tough acknowledging there's been some pain in my life and i'm still carrying it now it's still affecting how i live my present moment um and then i think it's a willing it's like but i care about i'm I care about myself enough to want to want to release it or I care about creating the life that I want or living a, a greater sense of freedom, live, living more peacefully. And therefore, because of that care and desire, I'm going to do something about that. It's mm. not like I'm broken, I need to be fixed. It's like I care about myself and I want to take charge, be self-empowered, to and therefore I'm going to make some change. So that's my starting point, I think, for people. Mm. And then it's, um, and then you, re- I like to look at people holistically. There is no one magic silver bullet. There just is not. There's no one thing. Yes. So you have to look at diet. You have to look at um, intellectual input. You have to look at the beliefs and patterns and expectations that you hold about life because that's the vibration that you send into the world, and that's what you're going to get back. You have to. Um, Look at your energy and, and your energy field, and you don't have to. Sorry, this is in my world, but there is it's body, mind, spirit, will, and emotions. Yes. So let's look at it that way, rather than my methodology. You have to look at how, am I taking care of my body, exercising, yoga, um, food wise? Am I taking care of my my mind, you know, my spirit, uh, my will, my intentionality? That's what that is. And am I t- taking care of my emotional balance and regulation? It's pretty. It's pretty simple in the end isn't it it's actually just being intentional and conscious about how you care for yourself in every layer yeah i mean and i say body mind those five body mind spirit will and emotions but not all at once i'm talking you know it's like do that's why it's really nice to get support from whatever resonates and for some people it's just great podcasts and great books Mm. and that's that's fine and then when you're ready to really get some help with the things that really hold you back find somebody who can yeah but it is it is about going at a pace that's going to be comfortable for you you know that and getting support and i've found in my personal journey there's been um, incremental steps that I haven't even mapped out. You know, at first it mm. started with the body. It started with this desire to move in a different way and mm. that opened me up to understanding more about what I was eating and how that was affecting me and then that moved deeper into more soul work and spirit work and then Beautiful. then the universe guided me to particular healers like yourself and my kinesiologist and mm. I find that if I just stay open to receiving 
the next element of whatever healing I need. It comes to me. And it, like you said, it's not mm. at the same time. My soul says, okay, Claire, now you're ready for this particular healing. Mm-hmm. Now mm-hmm. you're ready for this particular experience. Now you're ready for this course. Go study that. Actually, now you're ready to do nothing. Don't do anything for a while. Mm, integrate. Mm. Yeah. So I, I exactly. really resonate with that. I really couldn't agree more. If you, if you hold the intention of I'm ready for something, show me what it is, you'll find that you'll pop into a podcast and that'll mention something and you'll do that and then and but it's not fran it's i really think there's a difference between frantically buying courses and Mm -hmm. accumulating books and things it's it's an intentional one thing or two well it's not one you know i always try and just stick with one teacher or two teachers and then when then when something else comes in or something winds down, uh, willing the next thing in. But if you follow your own guidance, the universe will immediately respond. That's all of the manifesting totally. stuff, exactly as it did for you. It's just a beautiful story. Well, I've I've had frequent periods where it's just like radio silence. There's no teachers. There's mm. no no courses. There's nothing coming my way, mm. and I just have to trust that right now I'm in integration phase and I don't need it. And then all of a sudden mm. it's like, you must see this person. Mm. off you go and we'll have a beautiful experience and that experience will be life-changing and Mm. then it will keep integrating for weeks on end after that until the next thing comes through and I think that's just so supportive to know that yeah I'm I'm doing some sort of detox work like you've described I'm processing and I'm releasing a lot of pain or struggle from the past but Mm. it's not breaking me you know, I don't have to have this experience mm. where I'm completely crushed by it every single time. Sometimes mm. that happens. <laughs> Sometimes my soul decides that actually oh, we're going to rip off a few layers in one go. But mostly it's like, okay, this is the world that you live in. It's this really busy Western culture and you're a mum and you're running business and you're running a home. Mm. We don't actually have the capacity for you to do all of this. You know, mm-hmm. you're not in a monastery on the top of a mountain. Mm. You're mm. here. Yeah. So I think that's a really good reminder for all of us. Yeah. I I just think as you're talking, the number one thing people can do is slow down. Mm -hmm. down. I tell all, you know, just slow down and just create. I I honestly believe that everybody can get up 20 minutes earlier. It's not a lot. And everybody can wait 20 minutes to, to when you come out of sleep, your soul has been wherever your soul has been. It's either been processing what you've been doing and more than likely you've been off in other realms doing things. Um, and so, and we all wake up in a completely different place every morning. But most people, many people, because of life's demands, get up, shower, get out, dress, get out the door, wherever they have to go. And they haven't even checked in with themselves or and where they're at for the day. So I definitely, that's the one thing I, I, I try to get my clients to do is start with 20 minutes and start, you know, and that's broken down into some version of five minutes of stretching or yoga, yoga, but stretching, um, five minutes of, of breathing, meditation and journaling. Like there you go. That's, there's 20 minutes. Um, and it does, I'm not in a rigid way. Like it doesn't mm. have to be that, but those are some of the things. And even if someone just has that 20 minute space and just sits, I don't, I don't really mind what they do with that 20 minutes if they don't do their yoga or do, but give your, yourself a little bit of time to come into, check in with yourself in the morning. Mm. That's it. Not roll over and open your phone and go straight into Instagram. Yeah. Mm. No. <laughs> I love that. And I think it's really supportive. It's just 20 minutes. So everybody listening, if not doing it yet, create a miracle morning, 20 minutes. It's not mm-hmm. that hard. It's just conscientious, dedicated time, isn't it? 
it's just to honor you. It's done for you. You know, it's to honor where am I at today? Oh God, I'm dreading this. Or I feel a bit slow or I'm actually, I'm still tired. And when you acknowledge it, you oftentimes don't drag that experience through the whole day because you, you've seen it and clocked mm. it. And looked at it. Um, or if it is, if you are feeling a bit um, flattened for no reason, you just go, okay, I'm going to go gently today. I can't change it. I still have to go out the door, but I'm going to bring my energy into myself today and that's going to be enough. You know? I have an answer for everybody. Just go get pregnant because you've got no choice. <laughs> when you're, pregnant. you're literally forced to listen and tune in every single day. I spent all of last Saturday and Saturday night literally horizontal in bed because when I checked in in the morning, I got a huge, you're, you're going to break, Claire, you're going to snap. Like your oh. energy is so low. And every time I tried to resist it, I, I, yeah, I felt worse. So I literally, yeah, get pregnant, people. Beautiful. <laughs> There's Beautiful. your answer. This leads us, I think, to our beautiful final three questions. I've had such a gorgeous conversation with you, Justine, and I know I could just get lost in the rabbit hole. We didn't get to touch on other dimensions and planets, and I just think that's, like, amazing, but we'll go there another time. But I would love to ask you my favorite three questions. And this is just for you to answer whatever comes at top of mind. So how do you personally free your mind? Um, I'm a bit of an intellectual, so there's two ways I free my mind. One is, I, I, as you know, I'm a psychotherapist, so I, I, so I read technical stuff that I just – that you know that I love and I'm but and I meditate so I do both I feed the part of me that wants knowledge and information and and then I meditate to have the spaciousness in the mind mm, I love that mm. so what's your favorite way at the moment to fuel your body mm. do you mean like food yeah it could be food <laughs> it could be food. hydration it could oh. be anything to do with your body well, my favorite way, this is probably another podcast in itself, but um, I try to eat Ayurvedically and I eat between 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. And my favorite thing is my Ayurvedic smoothie. And that's my, it's medicine. It's my food is medicine and it's an every morning thing. So, so your, your, your diet is around your dosha? Um, it's. I don't know my dosha. <laughs> I just know. I just eat a lot of kitchery and a lot of vegan uh, stuff and a lot of turmeric. <laughs> a lot of turmeric is good. <laughs> a lot of turmeric. Nobody said turmeric wasn't good for me. <laughs> That's right. So my last question is what do you do to feed your soul? I remember I connect with either in my client work, which is why I love it, or in my own work or even with – um, reading channeled works, I remember that I'm bigger than this personality mm. and this life and that's how I feed the calling of the soul. I do some work with the divine masculine and feminine in it with a group of women and that is mind-blowing. They're women that were all, anyway, I won't go into it, but they're all healers and uh, so going places where, where the soul remembers past connections with people, not like in ultimate detail necessarily, but where things that feed the bigger me, which is connection and learning about, um, I don't know, just remembering. I know that's a really muddled answer. No, but just it's actually remembering not. remembering the bigness, you know. It's actually really pure and simple and it kind of brings me back to that practice in the morning that gives you space to actually mm -hmm. sit down and, and remember again. Mm. Remember your your soul planning and your reason for being here and that you're, 
bigness is everywhere at all times. Oh, and when you know when you're having someone something happens with someone's peeved about something or a little altercation here or a child goes through this, to be able to to try to strip, just put it in the perspective of the magnificence and the magnitude of the soul and and then go like not you know just like we're all getting upset about this little thing but actually let's step back yes i think we need a little bit more of that and breathe and breathe yeah some of the things i see on facebook people getting all worked up about it and you know their comments i'm like oh just chill like in in put it down did it really matter that much no it didn't it was just one minor incident on a small day that didn't affect people and you are losing your mind over it breathe yeah channel your energy somewhere bigger and better love it yeah beautiful justine before i leave you how can people connect with you and is there anything in particular you want to bring their attention to in the work that you do oh good question um the I'd love to connect with people. The easiest way to connect with me is either on Instagram, which is Justine Peacock. Mm-hmm. Might be a dot in there or something, but you'll find <laughs> I'll me. I'll link it. I'll link it. <laughs> okay. Justine Peacock. And I have a website, which is justinepeacock.com.au. And I do monthly um, – actually, I lie, they're not quite monthly, but I do monthly energetic clearings for people. I'm working my way through the chakra system. So there's a base chakra healing, then there's a sacral chakra, then there's, a, there's the solar plexus chakra, which is a, a one-hour – the feedback's phenomenal. It's, a, it's what, I, what I would do in a session, but it's not aimed at an individual, yes. and it's a full-on – it's the body – the somatic therapy, so the psychology of your chakra system, which is the way that I work. Um, so there are free audios there you can sign up for. Um, and you can buy the old bank of library of audios of like five dollars to buy one. And so I've listened to them; they're awesome. They're really amazing. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's something I do. And of course, there's information there about how to work with me. You can have a, a complimentary discovery session if you just want to have a chat about where you're at and how we would work together. And you can see if that resonates, or if you have part of you that's like, "Yes, I'm in." You can just um, email me to book a session. Um, is the easiest way to do it. Awesome. I highly recommend anyone listening. If Justine's jumped out at you, her work is beautiful and it's always such a pleasure and a privilege to work with her with the energy that she brings. It's really amazing. Now, Justine, what about your uh, training? Do you still do any training on um, theta healing? Or any, yeah, or any of those workshops? Yeah, I absolutely do. I haven't got any um, dates set just at the moment in the front half of the year, but that doesn't mean I won't do it. So if you are interested in the training, absolutely just shoot me an email and, um, you know, as soon as I've got enough people, I'll lock one in. It's no problem at all. Uh, And I do them in Perth and I do them in um, Sydney and, you know, but I'm not wedded to only doing them there. So, yeah, so if you're interested in the training or you want to learn more about it, you can shoot me an email. I can send you an outline of the things we do or I can have a phone call with you about it. Um, it's fantastic. I really, whether you do it through me or someone else, I think the training is amazing if you're interested in energy and intuition. Um, yeah, so definitely reach You'll probably out. be re- hearing from me about that training too. Oh, that would be amazing. <laughs> Yeah, I've had my eye on it for a while. So, yeah. and everybody listening, now that I've just said that publicly, you can hold me accountable. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, I put that in my soul plan all those years ago. <laughs> funny the things you learn. Yeah. I know, I know. It's we come full circle sometimes. Sometimes I have these moments where it's like, 
Oh, oh yeah. Something got in the way like 10 years ago and I was supposed to do this, but here I am again, obviously meant to be. Yeah. Justine, it was such an honor to speak to you and a beautiful, delicious dive into energy and healing and universal source and soul and all that yumminess. And I'm really grateful that you've been so open and yet so grounded and real about the whole thing, which is what I adore about you. So thank you for your energy and for your guidance and your love. And I wish you the most beautiful day ahead. Thank you. And to you, thank you very much for having me. I love connecting with you, as you know, and it's been an honor and a privilege to be able to talk with you and hopefully uh, and to share this with your listeners. Yay. Awesome. Take care of yourself. Have a beautiful day. Well, there you have it, guys. What a divine conversation with the incredible Justine Peacock. I hope you loved that conversation as much as I did. I think it's just so fascinating to hear from different people who work with energy, who channel divine source, who understand the soul and its journey and have a direct experience with it outside of just this everyday physical material plane that we're in. I hope that you received some insight and some downloads that were supportive for you. Personally, the whole conversation to me was just so high vibe and just so gorgeous and absolutely loved it. I'm definitely going to be looking into studying theta healing with Justine and I know that I will keep working with Justine one-on-one. So if you're feeling called to do the same, check out her details. They're all on the show notes or on my website and uh, looking forward to hearing from you and to hearing what you thought about this beautiful conversation about energy healing, channeling and soul. Much love to you. Bye.